0: For great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts, the TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is The Tyler Nixon Show. Today's news talk, TNT. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, my friends, wherever you are. This is The Tyler Nixon Show, Volume 4. It is February 6th, 2024, and we have an exciting show ahead with for you. We have Liz Harrington who is uh, President Trump's uh, spokesperson, and she's going to be joining us uh, shortly to talk about uh, talk about the 2024 campaign and a a whole range of issues uh, exploding in the news uh, as uh, President Trump shakes off the uh, lawfare that's been uh, uh, inflicted on him, frankly, over the last uh, well, really, since just about he became president, um, but kicked into overdrive over the last, uh, say, year and a half. And um, how that's going to impact uh, how Liz thinks that that's going to impact the election and the campaign. Uh, You know, personally, I think Donald Trump is uh, I think he's destined to be president again. And everything seems to be in his favor. The momentum is behind him. And mainly and above all, the people are behind him because uh, Joe Biden is an unmitigated disaster. uh, So bad that uh, you almost feel it has to be intentional what they're trying to do. Uh, His his uh, his operatives, his people are trying to do to tank the country, uh, whether it be the economy, but above all, the border crisis. Um, uh, I wanted to get to an announcement very quickly uh, that I think is very important. And uh, I I had not uh, had not covered it previously, but uh, uh, last December, Julian Assange's uh, public hearing was announced for uh, this coming February, February 20th and 21st, uh, and it's going to be at the UK High Court. Um, And it's going to basically decide whether he can appeal uh, his uh, the decision against him um, and be and be extradited ultimately to the United States into probably not a very uh, it would be a a dismal fate if he was to fall, unfortunately. And I hate to say this as an American uh, and someone who believes in our Constitution, but uh, if he were to fall into the hands of uh, of uh, U.S. intelligence and the U.S. law enforcement, I think it would be a very dismal situation, uh, even worse probably than he's in now, uh, as bad as that is. But uh, I wanted to say that TNT, uh, today's news talk, will be at the Royal Courts of Just, Court of Justice, excuse me, and they're going to be, we, I should say, are going to be covering it for the entire two days, uh, round the clock if necessary. Um, and then there will, there will also be coverage throughout London uh, with various commentary and analysis and uh, coverage of this of this event. And uh, I would like to say about Julian Assange, just uh, at least uh, from my own opinion, that uh, this this man uh, is a hero. Uh, he has absolutely stood up against. Uh, un, I mean, it, it's almost incalculable the pressures that this man faced, uh, and the and the forces that he took on, uh, in in doing what he does as a journalist. And he has been treated uh, just despicably. Uh, and in particular, by our own government, my, my government, the United States government has uh, absolutely uh, just treated him deplorably um, on, a, on a level that I think be, it exceeds just abuse of power. It, it goes into the level of a criminal conspiracy against this man uh, to railroad him and to treat him as though, again, he's at some sort of uh, you know, Russian agent, uh, you know, a a terror, a, a, you know, terrorist, whatever have you, whatever they want to uh, say about Assange. But Assange revealed uh, corruption within our government, murder on the battlefield and uh, in, in, in the uh, combat zones in in the Middle East uh, by U.S. forces. And ultimately, I think uh, his uh, worst, gravest sin of all for those who are the uh, neocon warmonger set, is that he exposed the uh, uh, utter corruption of Hillary Clinton and the uh, the Democrat uh, National Committee uh, and people surrounding it, such as John Podesta, and for that he was, uh, you know, essentially uh, probably written off for life in terms of uh, ever being able to uh, redeem himself. Even though he was holed up in the uh, the uh, Chilean embassy there in uh, in London, which was itself an imprisonment for years that went on, um, but he stuck to his guns. He has never revealed his sources, although I think many people believe that uh, the laptop uh, uh, source that um, or excuse me, the laptop source, the source of the DNC emails was Seth Rich, the DNC worker who was uh, um, in an unsolved crime murdered on the streets of Washington, D.C., not long after he had uh, he had left the DNC. And he was uh, just the person who would have had access to all this information, to all these emails and uh, no, no less than Bill Binney who I've uh, uh, had the honor and privilege to uh, work with personally when I was uh, on uh, Roger Stone's uh, uh, defense team, or at least his, uh, his personal counsel in that case. And Bill Benny, who uh, helped design what would have been a non-intrusive uh, intelligence gathering system uh, that would not have been sucking up every single piece of data of every American citizen as we ended up with. Um, And of course, Benny's system was uh, was shot down by General Michael Hayden, uh, an extremely odious neocon warmonger uh, and would be a domestic spy uh, who would happily capture every little bit of data on every American citizen and turn this country into a police state. And of course, Hayden has had nothing but vituperation and contempt for Donald Trump, uh, which uh, I think says everything you need to know about him and Hayden basically shot down Bill Binney, but Bill Binney worked with us and he determined that the uh, transfer speeds for the transfer of data from the DNC to whoever had whoever it ultimately uh, you know garnered it um or it ended up in Sanj's hands and Sanj distributed it but the uh, transfer speeds indicated by the data uh, would not have been, they were too fast too rapid to have ever been done over international uh, internet based or other types of uh networks that would not be a direct transfer from the machine onto such a, uh, an SD card or a, uh, a USB uh, drive, something like that. So the most likely scenario with the entire uh, supposed hacking of of uh, the DNC by so-called supposed Russian operatives uh, really was an inside job. And I think there's plenty of evidence for that. They've certainly produced no credible evidence whatsoever that the Russians had anything to do with it, despite the uh, Robert Mueller uh, laughable indictment of multiple Russian uh, intelligence uh, officers. Uh, uh, you know, I don't know where they came up with these guys' names, but you know, knowing that they would never appear in court, that they would never be, uh, that that case would never be challenged by any sort of adversarial process involving a defense counsel or anything like that, and they indicted them, and then you know, this is this is this is what they point to uh the the russian collusion hoaxers as the source of uh you know the credibility for the notion that the russians were any any way involved whatsoever um and of course in in that process of supposedly investigating the russian collusion or excuse me the russian hacking of the dnc uh you know the dnc was given unbelievable deference by james comey and the fbi uh, and allowed to have their own personal uh, contractor, CrowdStrike, come in and essentially tell the FBI what they would or would not uh, be able to see uh, and and essentially sealed off those servers from law enforcement. And of course, the uh, CrowdStrike, the individual who was uh, at the head of CrowdStrike was a former FBI uh, agent who of, of 20 or more years with very close ties to Comey and that whole bunch uh, uh mccabe i'm sure and all them so you know the dnc i i think the 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 real scenario would happen here and i'm mentioning all this because it's uh it's all been hung up on julian assange's doorstep uh you know and and and, uh he's treated as a criminal when all he did was release information that was provided to him as a journalist and um you know that basically i think that the dnc was hacked, not hacked, excuse me, they had a data breach, a data leak through one of their own uh, uh, personnel, uh, you know, who was probably a Bernie supporter, disgruntled at how Bernie had been treated, Bernie Sanders, Senator Sanders, um, and was uh, was basically disillusioned by the actual uh, corruption and uh, sort of just general uh, nefarious uh, nature of of how the Democrat Party operates and particularly its high level people. Donna Brazil was uh, chairwoman at the time. And I think this person leaked this information and, and it made its way to Julian Assange, whether directly or indirectly. And as soon as the Democrats realized that this data had been uh, had been compromised and leaked out of their own, uh, out of their uh, their systems, they panicked. And of course, as they should, because of all the uh, what was revealed in those emails was certainly uh, showing uh, just how just how sleazy these people are in the way they operate. But i think they said well we can't we could never admit to this and we have to somehow not only can't we admit to it or or allow it to become the issue we have to distract the public and we have to create a larger more uh a profound or consequential issue around the the uh, release of these emails so the people aren't focusing on what's in them um and what they did i think was say well first of all let's just say it was we were hacked and better yet, we were hacked by the Russians. And I don't know what it is with the Democrats. Uh, maybe it's because the Russians sh- shook off communism in the form of the Soviet Union. Not, th- not that they're necessarily a you know, completely free society at this point, but they certainly are not the Soviet Union anymore. And for whatever reason, the neocons of uh, have this obsession with Russia, uh, provoking war with Russia, this a- anti-Putin animus, uh, which is is baffling to me as someone who grew up. Uh, in 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 under the shadow of thermonuclear apocalypse uh, and literally had nightmares as a, as a kid uh, about you know that that possibility uh, which was a real possibility I mean in the early 1980s it was as tense as you could get uh, uh, with the Soviets um, you know under uh, Brezhnev then uh, Andropov and um, oh, gosh uh, Chernyenko whatever it was it was a succession of these uh, doddering old Soviet leaders until, of course, uh, Gorbachev came along and everything changed then. And the world breathes a sigh of relief when that happened. My gosh, it was un- it was unbelievable uh, sense of uh, just I, relief. There's another way to say it, because, I mean, you you have to understand. I mean, I think today it doesn't feel as real in terms of the nuclear threat, although it is. I mean, and certainly <laughs> it looks like they're prepared to provoke it. Uh, when I say they, I mean, Biden and his uh, his uh, sort of militarist ilk uh, and and the uh, Defense Department crazies uh, who sort of followed the line of uh, uh, Curtis LeMay and other, uh, uh, frankly, very unhinged generals and uh, and admirals. And during the say 1960s, the Kennedy era and Johnson era and, and into the Nixon administration who really believed that there could be some sort of winnable nuclear war. Uh, waged with the Soviet Union, some sort of final battle to to stamp out communism. And of course, that was uh, just utter lunacy and completely uh, beyond uh, uh, any sort of rational view of the world uh, by people who you have to wonder what kind of uh, what went into their thought process is to think that this would ever be, you know, sacrificing maybe 100 million Americans would be worth it to take down the Soviet Union and Soviet communism. Uh, of course, that eventually fell of its own accord. But this was a real overhanging uh, fear that everyone who uh, you know understood the situation had. And that was dispelled. That ended. And I think Vladimir Putin, as has been shown by uh, Oliver Stone, who uh, interviewed, did his extensive interviews with uh, uh, Putin. Uh, Putin, around the, uh, the, say, the early 1990s, as he came into power, tried to negotiate various uh, uh, sort of lasting peace uh, agreements and arms reduction agreements with the Clinton administration. And he was rebuffed and he was uh, essentially treated uh, uh, just almost to the uh, uh, in the way that the Soviet Union was treated as at minimum an adversary, if not an enemy. And this has been the position of our government for the most part, uh, other than just, uh, I think, uh, sort of facial superficial attempts to make it look like we were trying to uh, sort of have peaceful relations with the Russians. But the bottom line is that they've been antagonizing the Russians on uh, incessantly, uh, at least since the end of the George W. Bush administration, certainly through Obama with Hillary Clinton and Victoria Nuland rising. Uh, this this person, Victoria Nuland, uh, really a threat to world peace, a threat to humanity, uh, who has cost hum- countless lives in wars and conflicts that she has, uh, she has had a hand in, uh, engendering, not least being the Ukraine war that's underway right now. Um, and you know, these people are the ones who would hold up Julian Assange as some sort of criminal, as some sort of, uh, nefarious uh, agent of a foreign power that's trying to subvert the United States when really it is they who are trying to subvert the United States and what it stands for our constitution, the fact that we are a beacon of freedom and peace in the world, they would toss that all away for whatever their global fantasies are of, uh, you know, hegemony for this uh, United States or more like their power junta and whatever else, uh, I'm sure there's plenty of criminality beneath the surface with the hundreds of billions of dollars that have been shuttled to Ukraine. Uh, you know for lack of a better term pissed away uh in in this needless conflict that should have never happened but certainly serves a lot of interests uh and I would be willing to bet that we could never get a, a a credible audit or accountability for the money spent there because probably a lot of it gets kicked back to uh murky organizations directly connected to Democrat uh politicians at the federal level certainly uh you know Biden I mean we've seen with Hunter Biden uh Joe's son, he uh, had his his connections to Ukraine, and you know this was the type of thing that Assange made a, made a life of exposing, and for this he's been treated uh, as a common criminal or worse. And uh, if President Trump, uh, and God willing, when he gets reelected and re- is returned to office, I sincerely hope that he. Uh, will change his viewpoint on Assange, which he, uh, one of his biggest mistakes, in my opinion, of his administration, uh, one of his biggest failures was not to pardon Julian Assange, uh, was his failure to pardon uh, Julian Assange for whatever uh, charges the U.S. has cooked up against him. And if he should be extradited to the United States, it will be a, uh, an extremely uh, perilous situation for Mr. Assange. Um, and I, I I personally think he's a hero and I wish him well. And uh, today's news talk will be covering his hearings uh, at the UK High Court on the uh, 20th and 21st of this month. And I, I would urge everyone to tune into this because this is uh, this is like the canary in the coal mine, how we treat Julian Assange and how he is uh, uh, what his fate is very much is tied to everybody's fate and what kind of world and society and country we live in, uh, whether we're one of peace and freedom or just an authoritarian uh arbitrary uh, jackbooted police state that takes someone who's a truth teller and treats them as a criminal. So you're watching The Tyler Nixon Show. We have Liz Harrington coming right up on today's news talk. Stay with us. TNT's Abby Roberts. So this is the headline in The Guardian. Pleasure of sex is a gift from God, but avoid porn. Pope advises. What is it with religious people and sex? Oh, isn't there anything else that's 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 more important to worry about? And this is what uh, this is what Pope Francis uh, say. I'm gonna I'm gonna read in an Italian accent just to be even more offensive. Sexual pleasure is a gift from God, but Catholics must avoid pornography. Pope Francis has said. The Pontiff. Oh, I will tell you what though, he was all for giving people lots of pricks during 2021. Bloody hell, MRNA's fine, but just not porn. Abby Roberts on TNT. This is generally the view of people, Oh, we don't know much about Assange. But you should know, because whether you know it or not, he is fighting for you. For your courage
1: and leadership and tenacity in journalism and publishing.
0: Since 2010, Assange has been held in progressively narrower, darker, colder, and crueler spaces. He has been detained
1: since the 7th of December 2010 in one form or another.
0: And we are now here after years of imprisonment. WikiLeaks is a non-state hostile intelligence service. I think the man is a high-tech terrorist. A high-tech terrorist. A traitor, a treasonist. He
1: has to answer what he has done. Assange faces up to 175 years in prison for publishing classified documents exposing U.S. war crimes.
0: The U.S. government narrative about Julian is a complete fraud. It is a complete fraud from A to Z. Julian took on the most powerful countries in the world, basically all of
1: them. We now have confirmed that there were plans
0: to Kidnap Julian here in the centre of London, or even assassinate him. No one
1: who instigated that illegal and immoral war has been brought to justice. But the great truth-teller sits behind bars. If wars can be started by lies, peace can be started by truth. Julian Assange is a hero.
0: What if everything we thought we knew about somebody was a lie? Would we be willing to go on a new journey of understanding? This is a story of deception, lies, bravery, and a man who risked everything to bring the truth to light. Mr. Assange shows all the symptoms that are typical for a person that has been exposed to psychological torture over a prolonged period of time.
1: He looked at me intensely and said, I hate to say this, He then hesitated, visibly troubled, and searching for words. And then he finally said, Please, save my life. May future generations have the ability to speak without restraint. May our children and their children know truth and have access to information that leads to justice. Wherever Julian goes, free speech goes with him.
0: If there is a bird that is about to take flight, stretch her wings and rule the skies, may it be a pista and no longer a bald
1: eagle. If you think, Assange is a traitor, he's a rapist, he's a narcissist, he's a hacker, I don't blame you because you have been deceived. And if you think you've not been deceived, that's normal because otherwise it wouldn't be deception.
0: Today's news, talk radio. Now we're talking. talking. Turn it up. Yeah. TNT. Welcome back to the Tyler Nixon show here on today's news talk. I am very, very excited for today's guest. Uh, she is the has been uh, the spokesperson for President Donald Trump for, I guess it's coming up on three or three or more years now. Uh, Liz Harrington has done an amazing job and as as, as she uh, represented and spoke for President Trump through the 2020 election and all of the craziness that went on there um, and the media onslaught to try to f- cover up the fact of a stolen, not just election, but a stolen presidency, a stolen government, as we uh, saw perpetrated in the 2020 election. And I'm very excited to, uh, to join uh, with Liz in some conversation today. Liz, great to have you with us.
1: Hey, great to be with you, Tyler.
0: Thank you. So I have a bunch of topics I want to hit because it seems like there's so many things uh, just you know hitting all at once. Um, you know, I, today, Matt Gaetz uh, and God bless Matt Gaetz uh, sponsored a resolution in the House, I, I presume I only saw portions of the press conference. Um, and I have to say that President Trump has some great supporters in the House. I wish there were more in the Senate. Um, but uh, certainly, there's a core between uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, and others who uh, really have stood up for uh, President Trump, and in the face of what has been the most appalling, despicable uh, smear campaign, and uh, you know, framing an innocent man, the the two impeachments. Now we see the lawfare underway. Um, you know, they they want to they've sponsored a uh, essentially a resolution to say that declare that President Trump did not commit an insurrection. Now, um, I'm an attorney. I, have of course, uh, represented Roger Stone uh, and have worked, you know, worked on his case. And unfortunately, I those of us who worked with him s- kind of saw this coming because I think he was a very much sort of a test subject to see how much they could get away with, particularly in that D.C. District Court. Uh, and unfortunately, we see it now unfolding. Of course, they've thrown in these other state uh these state travesties of justice um in New York and Georgia but uh you know president trump is nonetheless rolling along and i wanted wanted you to talk a little bit about uh the impact that it has uh you know on him like how he's managing uh juggling all this uh and you know, he—I mean—he just looks stronger than ever. He comes out, and he looks unflapped by any of it. But it's got to be uh, grueling to have to be appear in court. And I wanted to just get your thoughts on uh, whether you think this is going to impact his ability to wage a full-throated campaign to the uh, into the twenty twenty-four election.
1: Well, nothing's going to stop him. I mean, that's what's truly amazing. Nothing has ever happened before in our country like this, and what they've waged against him but it's truly remarkable to see him take it on and he's, he's light as air. I mean, this guy, he's never been stronger. He's so relaxed. Uh, and you have to understand something about President Trump. He's a man who hates injustice, right? He's a man who loves common sense and loves that right be done. That, that's how he's operated his entire life. You've seen him stick up for people who he thought got railroaded in the past. So there's a clip going around. Uh, I don't even remember all the details because I was far too young when this was happening in real time, but of him defending Mike Tyson because he felt like he got, he didn't get a chance to put on a proper defense. It's stuff like that that's just inherent in his, in this man that loves truth, he loves justice, and he loves America. And so that's how he's always operated that's why they really can't stand him and are trying to stop him so much because he's so effective at winning. And so I think it's not going to slow him down in the least, but it's very important that we do win. Like the statement we just put out on this nonsense immunity, uh, saying that he doesn't have immunity. This isn't about President Trump at, in the big picture. It's about stopping them from being able to do this to everybody else and to our country for years to come. We have to stop them because if we don't, they're going to continue to destroy this nation. People will not get justice. And he's in a unique position that he can fight back. But we have to really start getting these wins and pushing them back and making them on defense, because otherwise they're just going to continue to do wrong to so many other people. So he takes that all in. He knows we got to win. He's going to fight, and nothing is going to stop him from getting those victories.
0: This is why you're such an excellent spokesman for, for President Trump. I mean, it, you couldn't have, it couldn't, nobody could have said it better other than President Trump himself. Absolutely, uh, he is someone who uh, it's sad to see someone who has spent his life fighting injustice and frankly, helping working people, employing thousands upon thousands of people. I mean, this is, this is a man who, and regardless of what they say, he wasn't born a billionaire. And frankly, his father wasn't a billionaire by any stretch and didn't have anything close to the to the uh, the real estate and uh, the media empire that that uh, Donald Trump has built. And I mean, this the, it, people think that this just appeared out of thin air, that he was some sort of silver, you know, had a silver spoon. It is absurd. I mean, he has built now- more and done more in his life. Than any any of these people combined times ten, and and he deserves credit for that. And you know, I think the American public, the American people, sense that, and they sense that the, the uh, acute injustice that's being visited on him. And plus, the uh, as he said so righteously, they're coming for you. I'm only in their way. And he and I think it's pretty obvious the way they've abused the justice system and and have defiled all these processes and weaponized it. And I'm glad that this. I mean, I hate to say. That uh, it's it, there couldn't there couldn't be a better person who would have to face this kind of trial and tribulation who can stand up to it, uh, who who has the, power, the the strength to basically go through it without coming unglued uh, and mm. coming becoming an engine. I mean, you look at Hillary Clinton, for example, or someone on the Democrat side, anything goes their not their way. Forget having any sort of, uh, uh, you know, anything like President Trump's facing. And, you know, they go B.S. crazy for you know, I'm not going to say the actual words. But um, you know, I the the other thing is, I think uh, I just want to see if there's been any change in his thinking on Julian Assange. I had just uh, mentioned and discussed uh, Assange. I know that he was not inclined to give him a pardon, and and you know, I understand President Trump has probably been fed bad information by intelligence officials, and he can only go with what what his what he understands and knows. Uh, you know, and is is. Uh, the information he gets. And I think he's been maybe misinformed. Has has there been any discussion or any thought to that? And if not, that's fine, too. I just wanted to see if there was any uh, change in his uh, position.
1: I personally don't know. I haven't talked to with him about it specifically, but I will say broadly you know why and i'm sure he probably sees this is you know why do they go after certain people so hard and try to make it impossible for them to speak right it makes you wonder and that's why they go after president trump right because he's very powerful in his voice he gives voice to the people and knowledge is very powerful so if you think about what you know, he was putting out, what was it? It was, you know, so-called state secrets, right? Well, why are they secret, right? Why are they secret from the people who, the people, we run the government. It's not the other way around. They're not allowed, entitled to keep things from us. Uh, where is that written? <laughs> you know, in any of our founding documents or uh, in real law, it's not. So, I think that's a conversation that will be a really interesting one to have. I, I wish I could tell you what his personal thoughts are on it now, uh, but like everything else, I think he's he's so smart. He sees what's going on. Uh, he's learned so much too from when you know operating in the business world, where there's like you were saying, like he, he built great buildings, employed so many people, not just to make money, no, but to make a difference because. That's the way he he operates. He likes building something. He doesn't do things in vain. He does something that will you know have lasting value and have actual value and benefit to others. And so he does all of that. And and you operate in the business world where you know you you have an interest for your company, somebody else and their deal. You know they have interest for themselves or who they're representing. And there's kind of an understanding. You get to the government world and you think there's some sort of understanding. Yeah, our interest is in the United States of America. Our interest is to benefit the people. No, that's not their interest. Their interest is to lie, cheat, steal, leak, sabotage. I mean, anything they can do to just, you know, grip on to their corruption, their corrupt power. And I think that was so foreign to him because you know that's not the way that people operate in the real world because you would be damaging your own company if you did stuff like that <laughs> you know you wouldn't be able to succeed whatsoever but they don't mind damaging their own country they don't mind hurting you know innocent people it's it's sick it's like these people are just so corrupt but so he's learned all of that he knows the players now and i think that's why it's so exciting going into a second term with him because he's he's stronger than he's ever been. He's smarter, he's tougher. And it gives a lot of people hope too because nobody else could go through all of this and you see what he's gone through and the fact that all the media lies and smears and the arrests and all this nonsense and he's coming out stronger. That is That gives people so much hope and actually something to continue to fight for. They know that this is not a vain pursuit that we can get our country back we can save it and that's what we're going to do we're going to make it great again
0: amen once again you just you nailed it i couldn't have said it better nobody could say other than the man himself liz we're going to take a quick look at a one minute news break uh And we'll be back with Liz Harrington. And I'm going to ask about Donald Trump's uh, sense of humor, which I think is uh, one of his uh, greatest traits. You're watching The Tyler Nixon Show on today's News Talk. TNT Radio News. Are you ready for some awesome news? One, two, three, four! For TNT, this is James O'Neill. The Senate's border Ukraine package, unveiled recently, is facing significant hurdles due to growing resistance from both Senate and House Republicans. An Arizona bill, spearheaded by Republican House Majority Leader Leo Basucci, aims to address the issue of forced organ harvesting in China and other designated foreign adversaries. Carolina Shino, a Ukrainian-born model with Japanese citizenship and the winner of the 2024 Miss Japan beauty pageant, has voluntarily given up her title following revelations of her relationship with a married man. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web, every move it makes just makes matters worse, then dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Oh. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. Welcome back to the Tyler Nixon Show. Um, My guest, Liz Harrington, spokesperson for President Donald Trump, former president, future President Donald Trump, God willing. And we were just talking about uh, how President Trump has stood up uh, against unbelievable, just what has been heaped on this man, and and for him to continue to uh, to to move forward and to sacrifice all that he has and to undergo what he has, uh, and and what he's lost, uh, and in uh, peace of mind. I mean, I, he he is really a titan, and I have to say, as someone who's uh, you know started out as a kid in politics, it's, it'll be forty years uh, next month that I've been working in American politics, starting out with the Reagan campaign in nineteen eighty four. That uh, initially when it was funny and uh, Liz, this is kind of funny in early 2015, I was working with Roger uh, Stone uh, writing his one of his Well, we were doing initial research for the Bush book that was soon to come out. And uh, he kept getting phone calls um, that would interrupt our work. And I kept saying, who who keeps calling? He's like, it's Trump. I'm like. Tell him we tell him you'll call him back. And I didn't I you know, I I knew who Donald Trump was. But I mean, this is before he entered the race. I wasn't I, I have confessed to being not aware of him uh, as a potential presidential candidate. And then he came into the race and I had been a Rand Paul supporter because I worked for Ron Paul's campaign. And I have to say, I was initially resistant uh, to President Trump. Um, but he won me over. I mean, he absolutely and and believe me, i'm not I'm not just a push I mean, I've seen my share of politicians come and go <laughs> over the years. I worked for Newt Gingrich and, uh, you know, I worked for Senator Bill Roth. I worked for some good men. And he just absolutely and and what really, I think above all won me over was his irreverence and his humor. Now, can you give us any uh, just give us a little snapshot or something, you know, behind the scenes? I mean, I can I imagine it's got to be, he probably sustains the whole staff with his, with his, uh, his humor and his good, good nature. Can you, can you tell us a little bit? No, about from-
1: he really does. I mean, he is just, he's probably the funniest person you'll ever meet, you know, in person, you know, like he just, and it's so like that lightness about him, you know, he does it with such ease. It's like just, a just a passing comment that he'll make. It's, he's just hilarious. And, um, Gosh, I'm trying to think of like a good example. That's not like too embarrassing for me or something. I, I don't you know? want to put you
0: on the spot. I mean, uh, obviously. <laughs> the the uh, ones
1: that come to mind are like very personal, not like in a bad way, but just funny. Like only he could say that, you know, and it's in, yes. a, in a good way. He he just has a way of, you know, bringing everyone kind of down to like on an equal level. It's And that's what's so neat too. I mean, he... He's so gracious. He has time for everybody, which, you know, he doesn't actually, right? He's probably one of the busiest right, guys right. In, on all the planet, right? But he'll treat you no matter who you are as the only person in the room and give you respect no matter what your status is or anything. It's just it's really awesome and no no one's like that <laughs> in politics. They all think they're so important. They and and this is a guy who, you know, he could get away with that because he actually is very important. You can't actually replace him. He's there's no substitute for him, but he doesn't act that way. He doesn't, you know, treat people that way. And the sense of humor kind of just is part of him too. I mean, I, I don't know. It's it's just awesome. And he's the why why people also, you know, why this is the greatest political movement in history is because people can connect with that. They know, regardless of if he's on a private phone call or in a private meeting, or out in a rally before fifty thousand people, he is the same. He is the same. He's the same guy, and people understand that. They connect with that. It's something that's very real, and that that that's why he's so successful. no one in politics is like that. They're all fake. they all have something else kind of going on underneath the surface that there's something that they personally want out of this exchange. He's not like that. I mean he really I mean he loves the fight. he loves the you know waking up and kind of going to battle, but it's all for a good cause. it's for the country. it's not it's not for his own personal benefit belief. I mean, he, he he had a great life. He didn't need to do any of this, this stuff and look what they've tried to put him through. So the whole thing is just, he, he's incredible and he makes you feel very special no matter who you are. And, and he will crack you up. I mean, there's just, Just look at some of the nicknames he's given some of these people. I mean, it's just like career enders. I mean, but it's hilarious, too. And he nails these people every single time.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, it would make him so genuine as well. And I think that's really his secret weapon is his humor, uh, because, first of all, it humanizes him. I mean, everybody can relate to that. And let's face it, where there's genuine laughter, there is not uh, anger and hatred and the type of uh, bile that you get just and incessantly flowing from Democrat and leftist uh, uh, talking heads, politicians, media, whatever have you. Uh, but it, 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 I think that uh, he's he has a, a way of connecting with people that is, uh, you know, he's he's genuine and they feel like he's something. I mean, he's a billionaire. Again, this man has reached the pinnacle of of anything, everything you could imagine doing in life. I mean, he's a billionaire. He's president of the United States and yet again as you said he he treats everybody decently uh and he's warm and fun to be around and what i think above all enrages them and which i love about him is that he they cannot get under his skin they cannot flap him and he and you know as much outrage as he might and righteous outrages he might uh convey to, in any given speech it's never anger it's never uh sort of you look at you look at the last say i mean george w bush kind of had a sense of humor, but he was kind of a goofball. I mean, that was really, you know, he it was almost accidental. But I mean, the humorlessness of our politics, I just, I can't, I don't think I can overstate how important it is uh, that, you know, that President Trump is who he is and what a unique, I mean, it's truly a unique individual at this time. And we will never see his like again. So, I you know, I hope the younger generations realize, uh, and you know, like I said, I I looked at Ronald Reagan would be the only analogy, maybe John F. Kennedy. Um, to, to President Trump and on that that caliber that, uh, you know, and, and to different personalities, but had humor, had humanity, really genuinely cared about everybody uh, and wanted one of the best for not just Americans, but for all the world. And uh, this is such an opportunity for President Trump, because I think you're right. And you were absolutely spot on about the fact that what he's gone through and having suffered. Well, I don't think he was defeated. And we can get into that uh, after this, uh, commercial break. Um, but you know, this, this four year period, which Teddy Will, uh, Roosevelt would have called the wilderness years, uh, has hmm. really steeled him for this, this coming challenge and the the final battle, I guess, against what's what we thought was the swamp, but is really the sewer. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, well, we'll be back with Liz Harrington, uh, for final uh, thoughts. Uh, and we're going to discuss the election fraud after this, uh, commercial break. You're watching the Tyler Nixon show on today's news talk. Give me a minute with TNT Radio's Steve Malzberg. Last week when Corinne Jean-Pierre was asked about the position of Joe Biden when it comes to late term abortions, she had the phony rhetoric ready to go.
1: What I will say is majority of Americans, majority of Americans wants to see their rights protected, wants to see women have their rights protected wants to be able to, wants want women to be able to make those deeply, deeply personal decisions on their bodies, on their own, not politicians. That's what majority of Americans want to see. And so the president's going to stand with majority of Americans on this issue. So do those
0: unborn babies
1: have any rights then? I'm not gonna get into that specific, I'm not gonna get into that question.
0: Rights for unborn babies, what are you mad? <laughs> but let's take a look at how Americans really feel about the issue of abortion. This is from Gallup. May of last year, only 34% of Americans believe abortion should be legal under all circumstances. 34%, a majority, 64% say limited circumstances or not at all. And in the same poll, only 22% of Americans believe third trimester abortion should be legal at all. It just shows that Corinne Jean-Pierre and her leftist buddies are a bunch of liars. Thanks for giving me a minute, I'm Steve Malzberg. Catch my show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on TNT.
1: The Kids Cancer Project funds vital research into childhood cancers. And you fund the Kids Cancer Project. Funding research means giving children back their lives. And who knows what kids with cancer could grow up to do. The Kids Cancer Project. Survival starts with science. Donate now. The Kids Cancer Project.
0: This is The Tyler Nixon Show on today's News Talk, TNT. Welcome back to The Tyler Nixon Show. I'm very honored and privileged to have Liz Harrington as my guest today. And we've been discussing all things Donald Trump on his podcast. Path back to glory, uh, back to the uh, uh, presidency, and God willing, that's what happens this November. But uh, let's face it, we have a lot of work ahead of us, uh, those who support him. I think he's got the momentum uh, and the absolute uh, growing support of the, the core of the American electorate, really across the spectrum. I mean, his support amongst minorities has uh, is, is rivaling and exceeding any Republican in modern political history. And uh, he also uh, is, frankly, disabusing a lot of people who were, uh, if if not uh, misinformed, certainly uninformed about the reality of what went on in his presidency and what the truth was. As he was uh, essentially just splattered from every direction with uh, lies and uh, you know hoaxes, and by by some of the worst people who have ever walked the earth in terms of uh, public uh, the public realm and, and politics, uh, Liz. You know the biggest concern I think we all have is obviously election fraud. Um, I think 2020 was uh, just—it's—it was so obvious, and yet they were so deft at running out the clock and denying that anything ever happened, and turning the tables on everybody as uh, you know election deniers. I mean, as though you're you know akin to like a Holocaust denier merely for asking questions. And I think they got away with it because of that media propaganda. Uh, aspect of it. And I wanted to ask you um, if to the extent you want to and can reveal uh, you know, what the thinking is within the campaign or on President Trump's part as to how aggressive uh, we need to be. And obviously, we all need to play our parts in the grassroots. But how, how aggressive uh, will he be in terms of deploying uh, whatever it takes, you know, battalions of attorneys like me uh, to to really monitor and make sure that whatever happens, no matter how much they try to cheat, they're not going to steal this landslide from him.
1: Mm. You know, it's, it's the number one question he always says he gets aside from, you know, how do you deal with it? Right? How do you take it? Is, is it going to happen again? And I think it speaks to, of course, everyone's concerned about, because they saw with their own eyes what happened in 2020 and they knew it wasn't right. And they knew it wasn't fair. And I think one of the biggest things to realize of how we prevent it from happening, is understand and and kind of like what you were saying is you know how they turn the tables on it right? And just said you can't talk about it. You have to. You're an election de- denier and all this nonsense is. Who do the elections belong to? They belong to the people. And actually, the onus was never on us to prove anything. The onus was on them to prove that their elections were legitimate, and we knew that they weren't. And so. You know, you talked about the wilderness years, right? I think that is very accurate. That is kind of what America has been going through. And thankfully, the really only good thing about it, it's been terrible, it's been so much suffering and people are hurting. Uh, the only good thing about it is we've gotten a chance to see what is wrong, what what is not right with this whole system and every single day we're getting our eyes opened of how this is wrong and how do we make it right? And so with the elections in particular, the onus was on them. They switched it around to us and saying, no, you have to prove fraud. You, know, you go into court, we won't let you uh, present your evidence, right? They'll, they'll just kick it out on standing. And then they'll say, oh, look, there was no proof. The courts all kicked it out. And so we're in this kind of like circle circular firing squad where we had, you know, nothing changed. And so I think people are starting to realize that. And also we've learned so much about how our election system actually work. The people on the ground in states like Georgia, and states like Arizona, uh, in Michigan, Pennsylvania, all these states, and really, frankly, all across the country, because mainly the systems are the same and they're not transparent. Um, People are getting involved and figuring out how to make it work. But I think the real key is understanding that fundamental principle that the elections belong to us. We have the right to pull them back and change them ourselves. We actually do. If you look at the state constitutions, uh, there's incredible power just with the people. And so what President Trump says all the time is I don't need help you know, campaigning or doing this. We have the greatest political movement. We are, he's going to go into, you know, some of the bluest cities. It's going to be amazing. Uh, The message he's bringing to just very simply how we make our country great again. It's so common, so much common sense. It's so attractive to, to everybody. And people are really hungry for that. So we're going to bring in so many new people. We're going to overwhelm them. And I think the people realizing that their power, they're not gonna let them steal it again. It's not gonna gonna work. And I think that happens every single day from now into November, people getting oversight over these elections, making sure that they are free and fair and simple. I mean, just look at the Iowa caucuses, right? Everyone looking at that, why can't that be how our elections are always run? You show up at one time in one place, You hear a couple speeches, you write it down on a piece of paper. You don't even need real ballots, right? You just write it down and you have the result within, in this case, within minutes because he crushed everyone. (laughs) But you would have the result, you have all the results within a couple of hours. It's very simple. You count it locally in front of everybody. It's still a secret ballot. That makes sense. People can understand it and they can see it and they can trust it. That is what we should be, and he says it all the time in our speeches, voter ID, what same day voting. That is the model that we should be striving for. And I know so many people across this great country are working towards that every day. And, and we gotta get it done.
0: Amen. Mike. I think Mike Lindell pointed out uh, probably best when he said, if this hadn't happened, uh, to President Trump in 2020, the, you know, the theft of, and again, it wasn't just the theft, theft of an election. It was the theft of the presidency of our government and, uh, you know, protect democracy. I mean, the, the, you know, democracy to Democrats apparently has a different meaning than the rest hmm. of us understand it to be, which I think they think it means perpetual Democrat rule. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, seriously, because, uh, you know, that's, uh, but um you know, as I've said before, that this isn't this isn't the elephant in the room. This is the donkey in the room that we have to deal with. <laughs> uh, and it's absolutely um, something that President Trump's legacy, if if nothing else, I think when he when he uh, leaves office in uh, uh, 2029, and god willing again um that th- this will we will have a, ref- a reformed uh electoral system that will be lasting because uh what the democrats i think have engendered is a low trust society where uh we have these black box voting machines and it, you know it's funny because they uh as you may i'm sure you recall is back in uh, 20 uh, 2004 2008 they felt that you know cheney and uh, that had stolen the uh, 2004 election and they were constantly they were the original election deniers And they wanted, you know, these diebold machines, the black box voting machines, all these systems. They wanted them uh, uh, purged or done away with, or somehow. And now suddenly, just like on the turn of a dime, when it was Donald Trump, (laughs) boy, they're suddenly oh, you know, no, it's sacrosanct. You know, uh, everybody worship at at a company called Dominion. I mean, uh, what what more do you need to know? Dominion, Uh, exactly. I mean, it's you you can't you can't make this stuff up. But um, so uh, I guess in closing. um, You know, President Trump uh, is—he's had such an interesting life, and he's—I mean—he just really is a compelling character. Um, Do you want to talk a little bit just about the role of faith in his uh, in his life? And uh, you know, and look—I I I respect—he's not—he's not not some evangelist; he's not a Bible thumper, um, but I feel like he's got a deep abiding faith. or else he wouldn't be able to go on. Because I think I mm. understand he's how, how blessed he's been in this life and how much the uh, the Lord has you know, given him in terms of being an opportunity as well as challenges. And uh, I, I mean, uh, you know if you want to talk about that for a minute or two, uh, I'm sure we'd like yeah. to hear.
1: Yeah, well, it's man sees the outward appearance, right? And God sees the heart. And I think that's exactly who President Trump is. He, his heart, he has a heart for truth. And for God's law, uh, you know, it might not be on the outward appearance of holding up the Bible. And, you know, like I say, Mike Pence maybe would have been doing, but it's actions. And it's it's something that's sincere. And it is the way he lives his life, kind of like we were talking about with his business. I think he is a very spiritual person because he really seeks after what's good and what's true. Uh, And that is what God sees, right? Where's your heart? Are you trying to do what's right, right? Are you, is it all for outward appearances? Is it it all for just other, you know, agendas? And it's not with President Trump. And he's able to use, you know, he's been able to do so many amazing things. And I think he realizes that that's by God, there's no other way. I mean, there's just no coincidences in this world either. And you've seen all that he's been able to accomplish. It's incredible. And God has had a special you know, uh, hand over this nation since we were founded. And I don't think he's finished with us yet. So I think God has used President Trump uh, tremendously. I think these kind of wilderness years that we're going through is a chance for us to really return back to those founding principles, which are all based on the Bible, they're all based on the the real law, the word of God, and get back to that and get back to what that really means. And I think that's why, you know, President Trump is a man of strong faith. And he is a leader, you know, throughout the Bible, when you look at all the different things that people go through, there usually is a leader, right? The people do need someone to kind of help them, guide them, through different things and figure things out. I think that's absolutely the case for President Trump. Uh, He is a sincere person. Uh, He's a selfless person. Uh, He doesn't have to do any of this. But you know, he, he actually has a heart for it. And he wants to do it because he wants there to be a country that he grew up in for his kids and his grandkids. You know, it's, just like any of us, and so it, he really connects with everybody. And I think it is a strong element to his life, regardless of people. You know, they're going to mock and naysay. I'm sure if they see these comments right now, but it's just the truth. You can see how God's working in this country. Uh, God's not finished with America yet, and I think that's how we'll really start to turn things around when people realize that and turn back to, to Him and what He said and what we're supposed to do. Everything else will be simple and will fall into
0: place. Amen. Now more than ever. And, and you know, one of the interesting things about President Trump is that uh, people <clears throat> accuse him of attacking his opponents, but he's never done anything but a counterpunch. He never delays the first punch. And I think, uh, you know, his uh, his faith is something that has enabled him to get, endure the most vile attacks. And Liz, you, you've been there right by his side through uh, much of this and have spoken for him and you've done such an outstanding job. I just want to thank you so much for uh, for joining us here today. And we hope to have you again sometime in the future.
1: Great to be with you.
0: Great. Thank you. This has been the Tyler Nixon Show for February 6, 2024 on the Today's News Talk. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a great evening.